There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we have a great story of a paper towel dispute leading to revenge. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, Brenda the Bench's breakup and breakdown. There was some vague interest on my last post about Brenda the Bench and her boyfriend's breakup, so here is that mildly amusing account. Brenda, my abominable beast of a manager, was average in both size and stature, but Brobdignagian in benchiness. She had short brown hair and wore glasses that were oversized for her face. I don't know how old she was, but Brenda looked to be in her early 50s. She went through several pots of coffee a day, and Brenda was a very heavy smoker often hotboxing one cigarette after another just outside the office. I'm convinced the caffeine and nicotine fueled her fury and resentment. Brenda's boyfriend was the polar opposite of her in every perceivable way. I'll call him John for anonymity's sake, because no one deserves the humiliation of being publicly tied to that human shirt show. John was kind, and he had a calming, almost zen-like persona. He was big and tall, and John had a deeper voice, though he was naturally quiet-spoken. I was intimidated by him the first time we met, but after talking to him I felt at ease. Before the 3rd of July, I only had the pleasure of meeting John a handful of times. After that, he made regular appearances at the leasing office, at least once a week or more. I was always delighted to see him because it meant that Brenda would be a little less unbearable the rest of that day. Plus, John and I often made small talk while he waited. After a month or two of John's regular visits, they suddenly tapered off. Brenda became an even bigger bench, and I assumed that they had broken up. I didn't dare ask, because no good could have come from that convo. Then one day, Brenda sent me to pick up a lunch from a local deli. It's a place I hadn't tried, too pricey for a penny-pinching college kid, but it had rave reviews. Brenda included me in the order, which was very uncharacteristic of her. Imagine my surprise to see John behind the counter when I arrived. I stood speechless until John said, Hey OP, come grab your lunches. I take it you didn't know I work here. I shook my head in response, so John proceeded to tell me that he's the store manager and why he'd been MIA lately. Summers, he never had issues with staffing, but during the school year it was hit or miss many semesters. We spent a few minutes catching up before my brain-to-mouth filter malfunctioned. I said, Between not seeing you around the office and Brenda's demeanor here lately, I thought you guys had broken up. I'm surprised you're still together because you could do so much better. John looked taken aback and I just stupidly stood there a few seconds. Luckily I was saved by the door ding of another customer coming in. I hastily thanked John again and skedaddled. I knew I'd messed up and I could only hope John wouldn't relay my brainless blunder to Brenda. Brenda thrived on praise, so I made it a point to thank her several times for lunch. After the third time, she gave me a priceless gift. She said that when John was working there, she slash we got lunch for free. Ah, so I should actually be thanking John, huh? I was sent to pick up lunches a few more times over the following weeks, and my interactions with John were short and sweet, though I was sure to let him know that Brenda wasn't exactly forthcoming about his generosity. 
Maybe my fifth or sixth time picking up lunch there, the deli was devoid of all other people. John looked rather pensive, so I asked him if everything was okay. He said, yeah, I've just had a lot on my mind, which was all he was able to say before I started just word vomiting apologies and explanations for misspeaking before, basically blabbering all kinds of nonsense at auctioneer speed, which made John look at me like I was an extra crazy person, and in fairness, I was. John put a hand up which mercifully ended my relentless rambling. He said, this has nothing to do with that, Brenda wants to move in together. Definitely not what I was expecting, but now a lot more things made sense. Thanks to Brenda's bellowing voice, it was rather impossible for me to not overhear many of the topics she discussed in her office. Debts, a gambling problem, crummy credit, something about a bankruptcy, and vying to get into a better living situation. It all added up. This poor schmuck didn't deserve to be any more stuck with Brenda than he already was. I looked John dead in the eye and said, don't do it. John raised his eyebrows and didn't say anything, so I told him some of the very concerning things I've overheard and inferred there in the office, so if he was having any doubts, don't do it. John had no idea. As we continued talking, I learned that John was fairly oblivious to Brenda's blow-ups. I asked John if he recalled the 3rd of July, and of course he did, but he had no clue how common of an occurrence that was. I let him know how many outbursts she averaged per week, and then I went on to detail a couple of Brenda's most over-the-top tirades. Poor John looked like a kid who had just been told that Santa wasn't real. He had only witnessed a couple of Brenda's less drastic meltdowns, so I could understand his disbelief. Yeah, the July 3rd incident was pretty mild for Brenda. John said, Is there anything else I should know about her? I told him that Brenda seemed very obsessed with him, so be careful. John thanked me for the insights and we bid each other adieu. Within a month, John had officially broken things off with Brenda. A few weeks after speaking with John, I went to his deli on my own time and dime since Brenda suddenly stopped sending me there altogether. Totally worth it. John looked incredibly happy and he warmly greeted me just like usual. He then asked me if I had heard the news. I said I had not, but I was all ears. John told me in so many words that he and Brenda were no longer a thing and he'd already jumped back into the dating pool. I told him I was really glad and relieved for him. The next day at work, I casually mentioned that I saw John the day before. Brenda started grilling me about how he looked, what he said, does he miss her. I feigned ignorance on that one and that's all it really took for Brenda to go bonkers. My own theory was that very thought of John doing perfectly fine without her was more than Brenda's brain could compute. She promptly had one of the most epic tantrums I'd ever seen. She left the office early that day and I didn't see her for two plus weeks afterwards. I later found out that John had to get a restraining order against Brenda, and at some point over those two weeks, she ended up in a mental health facility. Well, I think it's safe to say good on OP for saying, hey, if you have concerns, don't go forward here, and good on John for getting out of there before it got too far. I mean, if it was a situation where she ended up in a facility, God knows what would have happened if it went on for a little bit longer than that. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is petty revenge on my dad who takes candy from children. My dad has 11 grandkids and one great-grandkid for a total of 10 boys and 2 girls. My 3 boys are grown and my oldest has a son. 
I, 45-year-old female, live in Texas while my entire family lives in Michigan. I go home to my dad's, 65-year-old male, house every summer. My sister asked me if I would watch her three kids for a few days so she could have a break. I said no problem. Well, she dropped her kids off and then my brother's kids walked in. He never asked me to watch them, just dropped them off. I really wasn't upset because I hadn't seen the kids in a year. I asked my dad to watch them so I could go to town and get some groceries that I could feed the kids. While looking at the candy, I noticed that the Reese's Pieces candy was on sale, so I bought a big bag. Because there's two things I know about my dad, he will always take candy from a kid and he hates peanut butter. So I get back home and I divided the Reese's Pieces in little plastic cups and had my dad's youngest grandson show him his M&Ms. Immediately my dad says, give me some of them and takes a big handful and pops it in his mouth and started chewing and the look of disgust was so funny. He looked at me and said, it's peanut butter. And I said, yeah, it was on sale and turned around and went back outside. After that, he was a little bit leery of taking candy from the kids. Well, at least it worked well on just the first time. But you know, if you bought candy meant for the kids, you would hope even the first time would be avoided. Some perfectly good Reese's Pieces were sacrificed for this revenge. Guess it's a good thing they bought a big bag full. This next story is My Petty Revenge at a Summer Fling. Once upon a time, many, many years ago, I was spending a few summer weeks by the coast, working as a carny at a local amusement park for beer money. In the evenings, we'd go out to outdoors places where we could get some drinks and company. One such evening, I ran into a hot girl that I was very attracted to. We kissed and flirted, but she said she had to go back to her parents' camper for the night. She promised we'd meet at the same place the next evening. I was very excited about this, so you can imagine my disappointment when I arrived at the place and found her straddling a hunky guy enthusiastically eating his face. Now, as I started to go over to their table, my friend tried to pull me, a skinny, usually pretty shy guy, back, saying, don't go there, it's not worth it, but I strode over regardless and sat down on the bench opposite to the happy couple. I was facing the guy, but the face of the girl was turned away from me, since she was pretty much dry humping him. I sat down with a big smile and an incredibly friendly attitude, somehow managing to draw the guy into a conversation. Using 330% of the charm I'm normally capable of, I offered him booze I'd sneaked in to top up his drink, was so interested in and impressed by everything he told me that he just couldn't stop talking to me. I was his number one fan in the world and just loved everything about him. Would you be able to stop talking to someone like that? Who could? We talked intensely for hours. The girl got more and more ignored and eventually drifted off somewhere. We didn't even notice. Apparently she'd appeared around the amusement park a day later, asking around for me. Now, if only I could summon up this amount of charm for any but the pettiest of reasons, I'd probably have a lot more friends. I mean, you may end up with a lot more friends, or you may end up with a lot more people who want to spend the night with you. To be fair, I feel like guys a lot of times maybe don't have a lot of people that would be so willingly intent on just listening to them and hearing everything about them and not just listening but also just engaging in whatever it is they're talking about so to this guy having another person come along and just being enthralled by their life honestly it probably did feel pretty good 
Our next story is, it may take 10 plus years, but it'll be worth the wait. A few years ago, my ex and I were going to sit down and talk things out, as there were some unfinished business slash things that needed to be said. I was more than willing to sit down and have an adult conversation, and I was willing to give it another try. As our scheduled meeting date arrived, he told me he needed to go reschedule, and whenever I tried to reschedule, he would cancel or ignore my messages. Prior to our scheduled meeting, I had signed up for the waiting list to be put on a waiting list for season tickets to his favorite sports teams. I figured best case scenario, I could give it to him as an anniversary present down the road if things worked out. Worst case scenario is that when the time came, I could either deny the tickets or purchase them only to resell them if things didn't work out. These aren't nosebleed tickets either. They're club seats that would provide extra accommodations. This is a fairly popular team, so the waiting period can be 10 plus years. I'm not even a sports fan, but whenever I get my tickets, I'll gladly go to every game and have the time of my life. I'll definitely be thinking of him and hope that he regrets not being adult enough to have a conversation. I mean, in some situations, I understand if there's like a mental toll or trauma that makes you never want to talk to somebody again. I get it. But it is really nice, even if it leads to a no, even if it leads to a breakup, being able to have that communication to have a closure talk. I guess the issue is, a lot of times, when a relationship ends, it's not constructive enough to have a kind of conversation like that. Especially if somebody's been sleeping around, last thing you want to do is sit down and have a meeting with them. Our next story is, gave her the ugliest card of the bunch. I'm pretty sure my mother-in-law tried to sabotage the baby shower my mom was hosting for me by forgetting to bring the games she and my mom had discussed. Husband was surprised to hear this since she's a baby shower veteran and he heard my sister-in-law remind her to call my mom the day before. I am 99% sure this was intentional. Luckily my mom and I found a way to repurpose some other games and salvage things. I know my mother-in-law is going through some crap right now and not handling it maturely, but it still got under my skin that she would be so petty and underhanded. On the other hand, she helps us a lot with childcare, and she is generally a loving person, just a little immature with her emotions. So I bought a pack of assorted thank you cards to send to everyone, and I purposely chose the plainest, ugliest card to send to her. I still wrote a nice note though. So, do you guys think upon receiving this card that clearly looks like nothing special, may as well have just been a white card that was folded in a half with thank you on the top, do you think they would be able to identify that this was intentionally a lame card? Honestly, with the nice note inside, I'm not sure if she would. Our next story is, happy 3rd of July. This happened probably 20 years ago, but the memory still makes me smirk. I worked in the leasing office of an apartment complex for a detestable office manager. Her name was Brenda, and she was a bench. If you've ever seen The Good Place, you know exactly what I'm saying here. Apart from having perpetual smoke-permeated, stale coffee breath, she had a voice that was tremendously grating. It was somehow both shrill and raspy-slash-gravelly. Brenda had the ability to pierce the peacefulness clear across the complex if need be. This would prove advantageous after several months of plugging away there. I was always... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Very pleasant with potential, current, and past residents of the complex. It brought me great satisfaction when someone would comment how much they enjoyed speaking or interacting with me, rather than with Brenda, and it gave me a immense schadenfreude when they said it with an earshot of her. For one reason or another though, I wasn't allowed to mention the name of any holidays. I think it had to do with the Fair Housing Act, but I can't say for certain. Or maybe it was because Brenda was just fat crap banana pants, full on crazy. At any rate, I wasn't permitted to say anything except the name of the date, i.e. 25th of December, 1st of January, etc. Fair enough, I always adhered to the strict rules, but I also made it a point to wish everyone a wonderful day in varying ways. We were closed on almost all holidays, so it became habit for me to remind anyone who came into the office of the upcoming closure, as well as posted signage in all common areas and entryways. This particular year, the 4th of July fell on a Friday and I was positively giddy that I would have the day off. I told countless people, don't forget we're closed on Friday the 4th, I hope you have a happy day. On the morning of Thursday the 3rd, Brenda blew a gasket saying, you can't wish people happy holidays. She heard me say the phrase countless times throughout the whole week. So why she chose this day and instance was beyond me. I apologized, but I pointed out that I was simply wishing them a happy today, as I so often did. I assured Brenda that I never had and never would mention the actual holidays. She said, 4th of July is the same thing as Independence Day. Don't say happy 4th of July, which I hadn't. And I was still supposed to say the date when reminding people of the office closure. 
This is when I decided to be the most petty Betty I could possibly be. Every person who came into the office after that point was greeted with, Happy 3rd of July! I wanted to make it abundantly clear that I wasn't wishing them a happy holiday after all. And of course, I gave the reminder of, Don't forget, we're closed tomorrow on the 4th. Brenda glared at me every time she passed through my area of the office that day. She was so visibly agitated that I could have sworn I saw steam coming from her ears. Finally, it was nearing closing time and with it came the usual rush of last-minute in-person payments and phone calls. After hearing Happy 3rd of July a dozen times or more within a 15-minute span, Brenda was about to snap. Unbeknownst to Brenda, her boyfriend had meandered into the office in the last few moments of the day. He had put a finger up to his lips in silent communication to let me know he wanted to surprise Brenda, and I nodded in understanding. This wasn't the norm, but it wasn't the first time he had done it either. As an aside, I don't think I've ever met a more unevenly yoked couple than Brenda and her boyfriend, where Brenda was brash and overbearing. Her boyfriend was kind and soft-spoken and amicable with everyone. There was also a substantial age gap, with the boyfriend being at least 20 years Brenda's junior, but obviously the boyfriend saw something in Brenda. So who was I to judge? At 6 o'clock on the nose, the last resident was exiting the building and the phones automatically switched over to the emergency slash after hours service line. I had just a few routine closing procedures to complete, but for all intents and purposes, my workday was done and my pettiness had yielded no retaliation from Brenda. And this is where I pushed things just a little too far. I said, okay Brenda, I've got everything done so I'm heading out. Hope you have a good weekend. Oh, and happy 3rd of July. As I opened the door to leave, Brenda's voice came thundering from the office and filled the entire building. Wait, are there any residents left in here? I looked over at her boyfriend with a raised eyebrow, as if to ask if I should let her know he was there, and he shook his head and silently shushed me. Nope, all the residents have gone, so I'm was as far as I got until Brenda began shrieking. I know exactly what you were doing today, and I'll be danged if you think you're gonna pull that crap again. I don't understand what you mean, I replied as innocently as I possibly could. I knew the ruse was up, but she didn't realize that we weren't completely alone in the office. Brenda came out of her office and began advancing toward me. She practically screeched, If I ever hear happy freaking any day from you ever again, you're done here. Do you understand me? Um, yeah, I hear you, was all I was able to say before she saw her boyfriend sitting in the foyer, which was partially obstructed by a wall partition. I'm not sure whose eyes were more wide, but they both stared at each other in stunned silence a few seconds before Brenda told me to get going. Now. I was right next to the door, and all too happy to oblige. Over the next several months before I resigned, I'd randomly throw out a happy so-and-so of the month, but Brenda never noticed, cared, or caught on, so that was the anticlimactic end of my pettiness while working there. Hey, at least you were able to show some of those true colors to that boyfriend that clearly they would never show around them. I'm sure to land somebody that sounds as lovely as that boyfriend was, there's a little bit of acting or reeling in around them that you just can't really experience until you annoy them enough. Our next story is to be petty or not to be petty. 
That is the question. I'll start where this all begins. My boyfriend of two and a half years was spending the weekend with me. One night I received a phone call while Bob, not his real name, had excused himself to go smoke a cigarette. On the other end of the line was the longtime ex-girlfriend Linda, also not her real name, of his asking if he was at my house, to which she told me that they were in a relationship again and that he wasn't answering his phone or his reasons weren't making sense. I confronted Bob along with Linda on FaceTime and that was pretty much it for Bob and I's romantic relationship. While I was thankful for her phone call, I was obviously devastated. After this breakup, I talked with Linda on and off several days and I learned a lot about their 15 year relationship together, including how they both got hooked on various illegal substances and how they would go on thieving sprees to provide for their habits. How her parents would disown her if they knew she was talking to Bob again. Obviously, her parents have spent considerable time, money, and resources getting their daughter the help she needed. Now, the night I broke up with Bob, he decided to take things up a notch and destroy my entire living room and entertainment center with the television I bought my son for his birthday the year prior, to which police were contacted immediately. During their investigation, police located Bob's needle and pipe in my home during their search for him. I am not an addict and I am not shaming those who are, were, or currently struggling with addiction. I literally had no idea Bob was using until this happened. In hindsight, I can see the glaring signs, but it really is amazing how convincing and sneaky addicts can be. Linda had the audacity to call me several days later and ask if I had the kindness in my heart to not press charges because she didn't want to see him go back to jail, as if I were being unreasonable in doing so, as if I didn't answer his call that next morning, giving him an opportunity to allow him to pay me for damages. He pretty much forced my hand into it, not that it's any of her dang business, and as much as I care about Bob, I will not allow someone to use my kindness or love for them as a weapon for manipulation, no matter who the freak they are to me. I was awarded full restitution in court yesterday, $1,250. The real question is, should I be petty and let Linda's parents know the truth about her and Bob? Yes, I'm aware it's petty, but what really got me was the audacity of her to even call to ask me such a thing. Linda has not called me or messaged me since, even has me blocked on social media now. Thoughts? Honestly, it might be a good thing to let her parents know. It really to me sounds like these people are not good for each other, like to the point where it could really harm their lives. It's not really OP's place to involve themselves in this, but hey, I don't think it's the worst thing to do. Our next story is, roommate accuses of stealing, I give silent treatment. This was back in college about 10 years ago. I'd moved out to a four-year college, a real university, for my last two years of my bachelor's degree. I had a variety of roommates in off-campus housing. This one, whom the story concerns, will be referenced as AC for accuser. I had already been in this apartment unit for a year, having had two prior roommates. AC moved in for my second year at this place. I'd already set up a variety of media devices to the TV with my own cables, VHS and DVD player. I had some old movies I like, both hooked up with my HDMI cords. AC asks after a few days if he can swap around the cords to use his PlayStation. I was fine with it, so I said, cool, just plug my stuff back in when you're done. He never did. After 10 months, I got petty. 
I took all of my devices and locked them in my cabinets along with the cords. Only pulled them out when I wanted to use them and used my PC monitor so that he wouldn't have access. AC starts complaining to the resident assistant, who's just a student getting free housing in exchange for helping manage the place and residents. The RA comes in and has a talk with the both of us. AC accuses me of stealing his HDMI cords. I deny that they were his, and the RA doesn't believe me. So at his urging, I get one of my two cords, the older one, and give it to AC who is smug the whole time. Cue petty revenge. First, I did two weeks of the silent treatment. Not a single word when spoken from me to him. If he asked me something, I would ignore it. Even if he got in my face, I would ignore him. Stood in front of me in the hallway, I'd just sit next to the wall until he moved. After two weeks, we had a meeting with the RA again, and I told him, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm cleaning, ensuring responsible use of the shared restroom. I'm just not talking, which is my right. RA agreed with me. So this continued for another three months. Cue more petty revenge. The day of AC's move out came. I was staying in the housing over the summer despite graduating, just to wrap up some extra coursework I wanted to take to help round out my education. As AC is packing, he asks me for help. I comply and begin packing his PlayStation and other stuff in the living room. What he didn't know is I carry a multi-tool almost all the time used the pliers and bent the heck out of the HDMI cord, both ends. He never reaches out about the cord, just moved out, and that's the last I hear from him. But I know he opened that box and had to be fuming that he would finally have to buy his own cord. The thing that astounds me is a good HDMI cord costs what, three, five dollars max? This guy was willing to go to the RA and complain because for the price of a burger, he didn't want to have to just go buy one. Literally would never be a problem. Our next story is, co-workers are having a dispute over paper towels. I work in manufacturing in our company's quality lab. We have three shifts, each with three workers. Co-worker A on first shift has a tendency to move things and not tell anyone, so the second shift workers can't find things they need. We come in on third shift and find everything they hid and put it back. We've recently had some items moved to new homes because we added a new machine and got rid of an old one. Since this move, coworker A has decided that we no longer need to have a box of paper towels next to a machine that uses water for its tests. I've worked in this lab for over a year and we've always had a box of paper towels in that spot as the machine has a tendency to leak. The first thing we do when coming into work is to put that box back on the counter because we need them to calibrate that machine and clean up any spills. The first thing coworker A does when they get to the lab is move that box away. On Friday morning, my lab partner opened and put boxes of paper towels on every counter in the lab before leaving. 14 boxes in total. You don't want one box here next to the machine that needs them? Now you have 14 boxes in your way. We put them next to every machine. We put them on top of the oven. We put them next to a machine that's been broken for over a month. Paper towel boxes everywhere. I can't wait to see what she says about it tomorrow morning. Update. Unfortunately, coworker A never specifically said anything to anyone about the amount of paper towel boxes left on the counters. They did, however, put away nine of those boxes, leaving the one we wanted in its place. The other boxes were in other places around the lab area where we used them the most. 
I don't know why coworker A didn't have any issue with those boxes. Their issue was the one single box by the machine that uses water. Our supervisor mentioned that we'll be getting some under-the-counter paper towel box holders and wanted feedback from everyone on where we think they should be located, which we all assume means coworker A complained to the supervisor. We've had issues with this person before, because after almost two years, they suddenly had an issue with us keeping syringes next to a different machine. They decided that since we don't use that machine to test liquids anymore, we don't need syringes next to it, despite the fact that we used the syringes every single night to calibrate that machine. What I'm not understanding is why aren't there more people complaining here? If this person is clearly interfering with things repeatedly on a daily basis, why aren't there more people all gathering to complain about this guy who's throwing off the entire workflow? Why is it only their complaint that's being supposedly listened to here? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.